1 John chapter 1. We're really not going to be really preaching from 1 John, the epistle tonight, but just go over there for one verse, please, because I believe God would have me read this to you. 1 John 1.20. You have that say amen. Okay, I'll, 1 John chapter 1. 1 John, 1st epistle of John. No, chapter 2. <laughs> Sorry. I'm hallucinating again. The chapter divisions were not supplied. They were supplied. They weren't in the original. <laughs> okay, 1 John 2, 20. Does that help? <laughs> no wonder. You know, y'all are something else. I said, how many of y'all have that? And about three or four of you said, amen. <laughs> Which kind of makes me wonder about you. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> By the way, who was that that said, amen? I've got First John 1, 20. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you were in the Holy Ghost. You, you, you prophesied to yourself. It wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we believe you, brother. Hallelujah. First John 2.20. But ye have, look at your name and say, but ye have an unction or an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. You have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Now, in the Old Testament, the book of Ezra, since this is consecration week, I'm going to deal with consecration. Ezra, chapter 6. Ezra is a book in the Bible. I hear Brother Suffolk Bishop Sanchez over there. He wondering if there's a Ezra in the Bible. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, Ezra 6, and then if you'll keep your place there and turn to Judges 20. Judges 20 and verse 23. Okay, you got your finger on both those places? Almost. Okay, Judges 20, 23. Then back up. Keep your place in both of those places. Finger there and turn to Leviticus. <laughs> this is going to be tricky. Leviticus 26. Okay. And verse 10. Everybody there, Leviticus 26.10. Ye shall eat the old, or eat old store. Y'all remember this verse? Ye shall eat old store and bring forth the old because of the new. Or literally it means get rid of or consume the old so you can bring in the new. Okay? Remember that? We preached a message on that, right? This consecration week is comes out of the seed of that message of consuming the old so that you can bring in the new. 
which means it's a lot of times we are living on the past blessings we think that the past we've sold a sacrifice we've put sacrifice we've consecrated our lives in a certain way and we think that because we've done that in the past that that's going to carry us into future blessing okay and it does but you know you've got to sow something new to have a new harvest you can't can't say boy i've sacrificed in the past if you're not careful you'll start thinking that all the time well i've sacrificed in the past well that's the past and you have a blessing that comes from that but god's word to us was that we've got to do away with the old we've got to consume the blessing that he's already given us we've got to sow for something brand new blessing but also we've got some old stuff we've got to get rid of in order to move into the new things of god now this is awesome because this is a word i know has been confirmed okay now having said that you'll understand where i'm going as i read these scriptures to you but in the book of ezra chapter 5 and verse 17 now therefore if it seem good to the king let there be search made in the king's treasure house which is there at babylon whether it be so that a decree was made of cyrus the king to build this house of God at Jerusalem and let the king send his pleasure to us concerning this matter. Look at your neighbor and say they had to dig for the former decree. But they're operating in a new restoration. Okay, chapter 6 of Ezra. Then Darius the king made a decree. Now we got another uh, king making a decree based on the former decree you with me there's a former decree but there's a new decree okay you see what I'm saying here we have an old decree all right the plan of God but now we've got a, a king coming forth and he's got to write a new decree so you just can't live on something that's decreed in the past okay then Darius the king made a decree and search was made in the house of, the, of rolls. They had to dig for this thing. They had to look for it. Where the treasures were laid up in Babylon. There was found at Akmitha in the palace that is in the province of the Medes a roll. And therein was a record thus written. In the first year of Cyrus the king, the same Cyrus the king made a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. Let the house be builded, the place where they offered, look at this, the place where they offered sacrifices, and let the foundations thereof be strongly laid, the height thereof threescore cubits, and the breadth thereof threescore cubits, with three rows of great stones, and a row of new timber, and let the expenses be given out of the king's house. Say with me, let the expenses be given out of the king's house. And also let the golden and silver vessels of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took forth out of the temple, which is at Jerusalem, and brought unto Babylon, be restored, and brought again unto the temple, which is at Jerusalem, every one to his place. Call in these vessels a, a, a person <laughs> and place them in the house of God hello house of God 
Therefore, Tatnai, governor, beyond the river, say beyond the river, Shithar, Bozna, and your companions, the Aphorsakites. Huh, that almost sounds like Suffolkin, doesn't it? I've been calling him Suffolkin Bishop. He, he don't know what that is, but I've been calling him that. Anyway, which are, be, say, beyond the river, be ye far from thence. Let the work of his hou the house of God alone, let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews build this house of God in his place. Moreover, I make a decree what you shall do to the elders of these Jews for the building of this house of God, that of the king's goods, even of the tribute beyond the river. Say, beyond the river. Forwith expenses be given unto these men that they be not hindered. And that which ye have need of, both young bullocks and rams and lambs for the burnt offerings of the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine, oil, according to the appointment of the priest, which, is, which are at Jerusalem, let it be given them day by day without fail, that they may offer sacrifices of sweet savor unto the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and of his sons. Also I have made a decree that whosoever shall alter this word, let timber be pulled down from his house and being set up, let him be hanged thereon and let his house be made a dunghill for this. And the God that hath caused his name to dwell there destroy all kings and people that shall put their hand to alter and to destroy the house of God which is at Jerusalem. I, Darius, made a decree. Let it be done with speed. Judges 20. Judges 20 verse 23. And the children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until evening and asked counsel of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up again to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother? And the Lord said, Go up against him. And the children of Israel came near against the children of Benjamin the second day. And Benjamin went forth against them out of Gibeah the second day and destroyed down to the ground of the children of Israel again 18,000 men. All these drew the sword. Then all the children of Israel and all the people went up and came into the house of God and wept and sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until even and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And the children of Israel inquired of the Lord for the Ark of the Covenant of God was there in those days. And as you continue to read that story, you'll find out they went out and defeated and were victorious in the battle. Father God, I come before you right now in Jesus' name. We have consecrated this week, Lord, to you with prayer and fasting. And at the end of this week, God, we've consecrated ourselves to bring into this house an offering, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, God, of $20,000. And we believe, oh God, that it shall come to pass. We thank you for your word, oh God, today in Jesus' name. We will not be intimidated by anything. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Sunday morning, we talked about counterfeit consecration or counterfeit Christianity. 
And then God called us to a consecration this week of prayer and fasting. And then at the end of that week to bring an offering to God Himself. Now, as I preach that counterfeit consecration message, then at the end of the message, we cover four chapters, we saw true consecration be dem demonstrated by the people of God. What I'm trying to tell you is this, is that whenever I prepared to preach counterfeit consecration, I did not sit there and say, okay, now we're going to have a week of consecration. In fact, it didn't even dawn on me that I had, we had, the Lord called a week of consecration after I had preached or before I preached counterfeit consecration. Didn't even think about it until after the fact. In fact, last night it dawned on me. Lord said, you preached on counterfeit consecration, then I called you to consecration. Now, here's the thing. Oh, yes. God is awesome. He is awesome. There is no God like Him. And I am either, either walking in faith tonight that it is the Word of God or I am walking in doubt and unbelief. And I know it to be thy Word of the Lord God to this house. And I've got people here who are intimidated by it. <laughs> And so I'm going to preach tonight because you need to get your faith in the clouds. Instead of putting your faith in your mind and in your circumstances and what you feel and what you see and what you think, you need to get your head in the clouds and get it out of hell and believe the word of the Lord tonight. Now, let me explain what I'm talking about here. Woo. The Lord began to, a few months or so ago, begin to fly into my spirit a figure of $20,000 that I was to stand before this congregation and receive that at some point. Okay, you with me? I preached the message not long ago, get rid of the old so you can bring in the new. And I stood up there and I talked about the widow woman who Elijah said to a widow woman who didn't have anything but a little meal in a barrel and a, and a cruise of oil and that was all she had left and the prophet had enough nerve the gall of him, the nerve of him to walk up to that little widow woman now watch this Micah's widow woman produced counterfeit consecration you read the story. You go to Judges and you start reading there. In Judges 17, you go all the way to the end of the book of Judges. And you're going to read about a counterfeit consecration. She was a widow woman. But she presented a false consecration. Elijah walks up to another widow woman in the Bible. The nerve of him to go to a widow woman. And looks at that widow woman and says, make me a cake. And she looks at you. What are you talking about? I'm going to make me a cake and my son a cake and we're going to die. So what she's saying is, I'm going to consume the old and then just die. Elijah says, take the old and sow it for the new. 
And the word of God to us was this. If we try just to survive, if we try to hold on to what we got right now, thinking that, then how am I going to make it anyway? I can't hardly make ends meet now. And if you've got that mentality which says, I can't hardly make ends meet now, how in the world am I going to give a sacrificial offering to God? The time doesn't seem to be right for that. At least by looking in my checkbook, it doesn't. And so, little little woman, you can choose to eat the little that you've got and then die. Or you can take the little that you got, the old that you got, and sow it into a future and give it to me, says the prophet. And when the prophet took it, the Bible says from that day forward, there was a constant new supply of meal and oil that came to her. So you've got a choice today. You can let the old die and sow into something new or you come on or you can consume the old and you die are you hearing what I'm saying today Leviticus 26 10 says get rid of the old so that the new can come in well what are you talking about I've got to have the old to even live Woo. And God began to talk to me about that $20,000. And you know, it could have been real tempting for me because God was really speaking to us that night to take up an offering that night. In fact, some people so heard the Word of God and so believed the Word of God, I didn't even have to take up an offering. They filled out a check and handed it to me. I'm talking about sacrificial giving. I didn't even have to take it. But God spoke to me. He said, the timing was not right. Are you with me? It's not time. He said, because I've got something else in mind. I've got a specific week. I'm going to call the church to consecrate themselves to me in prayer and fasting. And then to bring an offering into my house. Now some of you, are you're so afraid, you don't know what to do with yourself. You're looking at the situation and saying, there's no way. I don't, how am I going to get this? How am I going to do that? I'm so worried. You know what? I'm going to tell you right now. Your profession is being tested. Because you walk around and say, yeah, I believe God. Yeah, I've got great faith. Oh, really? It's fixing to be tested, sir. It's fixing to be tested, ma'am. Because the time, according to your eyesight, this isn't the time to be doing it. Because according to all your calculations, it just can't happen. But when are we going to start believing that God is God? When are we going to start believing that when God speaks to us, He will bring it to pass? And the Lord spoke to me. He said, you know, He said, right now, He said, they're going to have to dig to do it this time. He said, it's unlike any time before. Come on, other times it might have been a little easier than this time. This is the hardest time for us to see this happen than any time in the history of our church. And the reason why God is challenging us with that is because He believes in 
your faith he believes in your belief system he believes in you or he would have never charged you with it in fact he told me this he said he said it's gonna be like death because I'm going to speak to some of my people about sums. I'm going to speak to them about large amounts. And they're literally going to tremble when they think about it. They're going to go to bed and can't sleep at night because of the amount that God is asking them to bring. Are you with me? They're going to be troubled on every head. How can we do it? But you see, we are in the season of his dying. But at the same time, we're in the season of his resurrection power. And if you... So God sent that into my spirit. And then he just spoke. He said, this is the time right now. Okay, do it. And then all of a sudden, before I knew it, I sent up here Sunday morning. And we called a, a, a week of prayer and fasting, followed by the offering. I didn't premeditate that stuff. That was God. I'm telling you, that was God. <laughs> And I preach counterfeit consecration. And we find ourselves in true consecration this week. I didn't even think about that. Didn't even put the two together. And then my, work, my, my wife, you know, she's a woman of faith. But she said, when you said that, when you said we're going to bring a $20,000 offering as a church, she said, how? How are we going to do that? She's talking about us, our family, and bringing something, you know, because she knows the situation. She said, how? But then she said this, but God, I know you. I've seen you in the past. That if you told us to do it, you, it came to pass. So I believe you, God, she says. So she came up here in, in a morning prayer, and she began to seek the face of God concerning this consecration. And God gave her a word. So it's not just this crazy preacher up here. God gave her a word. And if God, if my wife says God showed me something, I assure you I'll listen. Because she don't walk around saying, I got a word from God. She don't get a word every day. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to tell this church something right now. You need three messages. You need to get the nerve of you. You need to get the old for the new. Well, we preached on Elijah and getting rid of the old so the new can come in. And you need the message I preached Sunday morning, counterfeit consecration. Those three messages have set the stage and the tone for all this year. They have been a word from God to this house. If you can just but believe it. And the word she got from God was this. Ezra. And she brought it to me. And she said, you know, she said, when I was praying, this is the second time that God has had me turn. She said, I just opened the Bible, and I felt the second time I've read this in how long? How many days? Within a week. She read it one time. She opened her Bible in this consecration week, and then God, and the Bible fell open right there, okay? What I just read to you. Here's the point. She came in the house, and she began to share with me what God was showing her and speaking to her. She said, number one, whenever they started building the house of God, there were enemies that stood up to try to stop it. 
If you think that you're going to do anything in the kingdom of God without adversity and without obstacles, you're... You need to find out that you are in the kingdom of God. Everything you do in the kingdom of God comes with adversity and obstacles and battle and struggle and warfare. The thing is, you got to learn to fight back instead of sitting back. You got to learn to fight back. You got to get a hold of yourself. You got to rise up with something instead of being so Laodicea. Oh, hallelujah. Now, I got so much faith. Oh, yeah. I got so much faith. If you don't give a dollar, this preacher's coming up with $20,000 by himself. Did you hear what I said? I got so much faith. I'm coming up with $20,000 $20, by myself. If you don't do it, you know why? Because I believe the Word of God to me. You can sit there in doubt and unbelief and be demonically possessed and controlled if you want to. But I believe God's word even above the doubt that's in this house. I believe the word of God above the demonic powers that would rise against it. And I'll lay down my life upon the word of the living God. I mean it. I'm serious. I said, I'm serious. She said, remember, she said, we had this opposition in these chapters to the building of the house of God. The scripture says, at the same time, that prophets, two prophets, were raised up by God to preach to the people, to encourage them to build the kingdom of God. They were wondering, the enemies were wondering, who give you the authority to do this? Where did you get your authority to build the house? Who told you to do it? Well, we have a decree from the king that we are to build the house of God in Jerusalem. And this new king Darius goes searching for the decree of Cyrus. And they dig. Say dig. The Lord spoke to me. They're going to have to dig this time. It's not a sacrifice if you can pull it out of your wallet tonight. It's not a sacrifice for you to pull what's already in your wallet. A sacrifice is something that dies. No pain. There's no sacrifice in pulling out what you already got. Hallelujah. And so he digs. Say, I'm going to have to dig this time. Hello, somebody. I have to dig this time. Now, I'm just talking to those who believe this is the Word of God. If you don't believe this is the Word of God, won't you go on home? Because <laughs> this is not for you. If you don't believe we've got direction from God to do what we're doing, you might as well get in your car and go home tonight. Let me preach to those who believe that we've got direction from God and are going to move in that thing. If you don't believe it, get out of here tonight and come back whenever. Come back next Wednesday when we get through. I'm serious. I'm not mad at you. 
I'm just telling you. Are you with me? Okay, so dig for it. They found the decree. Yeah, that's right. And the Bible says that the two enemies that were rising up against God's people from building the house of God were on the other side of the river. Say the other side. Say the other side. These men came to the other side to discourage the people of God. Hello, other side. So you got enemies on the other side. Hello, other side. That's coming against you right now. Did you really hear from God? Is this really a decree from the king? Or is this just some man that's coming up with it? Hello, somebody. So they went to the other side. Hello, other side. And so the king from beyond the river, the king from beyond the river, not on the other side, but beyond the river. I'm looking at the other side. The king from beyond the river, the Bible said, let me read it to you so you don't think I'm completely insane here tonight. Chapter 6, verse 8, moreover, I make a decree. What ye shall do to the elders of these Jews for the building of the house of God, that of the king's goods, even of the tribute beyond the river. Watch. For with expenses be given unto these men, that they be not hindered. So the king from beyond the river is going to supply the need and the provision for them to take for the work to be done on the other side of the river. They're building on the other side of the river. But the king beyond the river is going to be the one who supplies the need. Are you with me right now? And so my wife was sharing this with me. And I said, yeah. I said, the king beyond the river is God himself. The king beyond the river is Jesus Christ. It's the Lord who is going to supernaturally help us. And she said, yeah, that's right. That's what God showed me. So I took that word that the Lord gave my wife. And I came to church and I started praying. And I said, God, we've got a word from you. Hallelujah. I said, we've got a word from you. Came in here, I started praying, Lord. I said, you said you're going to supply from the other side, from beyond the river, so we can do the work on this side. Come on. I said, Lord, I said, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know how you're going to manifest it. I don't know how. I know the time that we're in right now as a church. Are you with me? After I got through praying, I went home. Are you with me? And before the day was over, God worked it out from beyond the river. You see, God told me 20,000. He didn't tell me 30. He didn't tell me 40. For us uh, to put a sport court in our gym, hello, like this, to do it completely 
from the bay of the bus all the way back to have a full court calculated to put this kind of floor in would cost $26,000 by itself. God said, call the church to consecrate themselves for $20,000 for the court and the parking lot. Now, you add 26,000 plus I got another quote on the parking lot. That's another 7,500. You're over $30,000 to do both of them. But the Lord told me just to have you consecrate for 20, not 40. So I don't go beyond the word of the Lord to me. I don't tell you something that's beyond the word of God to me. Nor do I decrease what God says. And so all I had, I was armed with a promise. That it's going to come from beyond the river. <laughs> so keeping in mind $26,000 for that court. I got home. You know, the day before I had made a call to somebody in Midland College. By the way, this particular court is used on all the collegiate, just about all the collegiate courts today. This is the kind of courts that use. This is the best stuff you can get, not the cheap stuff. And I'm willing to do whatever God wants to do. But you know what? God always tells me to do it. You know, he, what he put on my heart was the best stuff. Hello, somebody. <laughs> I don't serve some begging God. My God is not a begging God. So what he put on my heart was the best stuff. So I made a decision. Going after the best stuff. Hallelujah. See, I believe in doing it right. I don't believe in doing things in the kingdom of God unless it's done right. How many of y'all believe that too? So, I called this, this lady and talked to her. She said, this is the only thing that we go with. We don't go with any other thing uh, but this particular court. Hello, Midland College lady. Wonderful, sweet, kind, nicer to me than most of you are. <laughs> she said, we, we, we don't do anything but that, you know. Hallelujah. And at the end of the conversation, I made a statement to her. I said, could you give me some further advice concerning the court that might help me? She said, let me see if I can help you find some used towel. I said, will you be calling me back today? <laughs> she said, I'm going to try to call you back today. She didn't call me back. The next day came. I'm going, what's going on, man? She's late. She was supposed to call me yesterday. Hallelujah. Call. Couldn't get her on the telephone. Had her cell number. Called her on the cell phone. Couldn't get her on the cell phone. Huh. I said, what's going on here? Doors are closing fast on this conversation. So I went over there and I just said, all right, I'll just take that little seed there and go see if I can find some used towel. I went on the internet and I started searching. And you know what? I found the only place that I could find on the whole internet. There was only one place that I found it. One place I found it. Oh, yeah. The towel, listen, 
$26,000. Are you with me? The towel brand new is $4 a piece. A ten, little bitty 10 inch square. $4 a piece. New. On the internet. I called the guy up. I said, hey man. I said, I'm kind of interested in this towel you got here. How old is it? He said, it's only two years old. You've got to understand this stuff don't wear out. It doesn't wear out. It's only two years old. Are you with me? We went from $26,000 to somewhere in the neighborhood of $9,000 with one telephone call. I said, God, you already did it from the other side. You did it beyond the river. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so if you take, you know, from nine to 10,000 by the time we get here and say 7,500 to 8,000, there that's $18,000. And by the time we get the rims and stuff we need, we'll be setting it right around 20,000 for about $40,000 worth of stuff because my God supplies from beyond the river. And not only that, instead of two colors, we're going to have three colors out there. You're going to have a collegiate type sport court in your gym. God. And in case you don't think I'm crazy, I didn't wait for the offering. I already ordered it. I already called the guy, scheduled him to be here in the middle of April to do the parking lot. I've already scheduled the towel to come, hallelujah, before I've ever seen the offering because I believe in my God. Somehow, somebody in here has got to get some faith. Somebody has got to think big. Which means I've got confidence in my God and I got confidence in you. That ought to make you happy that your pastor's got that kind of faith in God and faith in you. That I would already place the order before I ever even take up the consecration offering. See, this kind of message makes some people get quiet. Yeah, because when you start talking about their money, when you start touching their money, they get quiet because their money is their God. And for some people, their money's not their God, but they're just worried how. Well, let me just give you another testimony. Sit down for just a minute. God is already working from beyond the river. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Almost $40,000 worth of stuff we're going to get done for less than 20. And not just a part of the court done, the whole thing. And so, it comes down to it, man. I'm looking at my wife. And I said, uh, well, we're going to give to the Lord. And the Lord has already put on my heart a certain amount. Hello. 
In fact, I got four of your names written down right now in my office. Some of you think I'm just a money-hungry preacher. (laughs) No, I'm hungry for the kingdom of God. I told you, listen, you didn't hear what I said. If you don't give a dollar, I'm coming up with all of it. How are you going to call me money-hungry now? I refuse to sit down. I refuse to not go forward with the work of God. Hallelujah. God's awesome. Now, some of y'all thinking, well, the pastor, he must be sitting on a good egg right now. Uh, So he's really not too worried about it, you know. You know, you know, pastor, he just, the money running out of his zip, they're falling out of his pockets and I, you know. So he, as long as he's got it in the, in the bank, he can call it anytime he wants to. He got it in the bank and he just got to go lay it down, you know, hallelujah. So no, no problem for him. But you fail to understand something. I don't have a savings account. I got an account that's open, but don't have nothing in it. Some of you think, I've just got a big old bankroll. It's just busting out of the banks, you know. They can't even hold it. (laughs) You do. That's not the facts. I'm blessed. Are you with me? I'm blessed. But what you need to understand is just like some of you, my family has a monthly commitment to this church. And for us to come up with much, much more beyond that is going to be something I'm going to have to dig for. We're going to have to dig for it. It's not going to be easy. So I don't have no money. All I got is a word from God. That we're to consecrate ourselves in prayer and fasting and pray it in and fast it in and believe God from the other side to help us with this endeavor. And I've already seen God begin to work it out. And so. I was... This is really funny. I was flying again with my TV remote. And I happened to stop on. I saw Mark Sharona. Now, anytime he's talking, I'll stop. When that guy talks, I listen. I said, I listen. And I saw Mark Sharona. He's preaching. And would you believe what he preached last night? was the meadow of the dance and that was what I preached to you about getting rid of the old so that the new could come in and that Elisha followed Elijah and Elisha was found in the meadow of the dance and Mark Sharona was preaching that very thing and a lot of what I preached to you Mark Sharona preached to the nation last night But just before that, I looked at my wife and I said, okay, honey, we, 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 yeah, <laughs> we know what we got to do. I said, go get, well, should I, should I, Lord, tell them the details? I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell you every detail. Now, you need to understand and hear me correctly. I'm not telling you to do this. I'm crazy. I don't care. 
If you're not crazy enough, don't, do, don't even think about it. Okay? So I went and told my wife, I said, go get about, about the four or five credit cards that we've got. <laughs> yeah, we all want all of them. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I said, hey, wife, do we got any checks right now in there? Any credit card checks? She said, yeah, we got one. Oh, go get it. I said, go get it right now. Go get the credit card check. Walked in there. And she had that credit card check. I said, let's call them up. You know, I owe about $1,000 on one card, and I got about an $18,000 credit limit on it. Okay? So I don't have a big balance on it. I got a big, boy, I can do, oh, I, I can really party if I want to. <laughs> 17000 I only owe 1000 on that one. <laughs> so I called him up, and I said, hey. I said, we got a check here. I said, how much is the interest on that? He said, well, this is like a cash advance check, which means this. That if it's cash advance, you always pay the, the, the big percentage on it. Like 19%, you know. Well, we can't do that. Yes. So I went and got another credit card. I got a $7,500 balance, uh, $7,500 uh, credit limit on it and, and zero balance on it. I just got them, I got them flocking out of my drawers, man. I got... And the $7,500 one that doesn't have any balance on it is a 0% card. No interest. In fact, most of the credit cards that we have is 0% interest because we work it, honey. We work it. When, it starts, when one starts getting interest on it, we call a 0% interest card and transfer it. So we're hardly ever paying interest on, on our credit cards because we work it. I said we work it. <laughs> So we, we can't do it that way. <clears throat> he said, but, he said, this. This is awesome. He said, right now, he said, we got something going on right now for your account. He said, we can send you up to $16,000 in two to three days, direct deposit. I said, that's what we need. Not 16, no, 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 no. I said, we need a direct deposit in two or three days. Now look, we got to sow seed. God spoke to me the amount. He said, you're going to, you need, and your wife and yourself need to give $7,500 in this consecration offering. So you request $7,500 to be direct deposited into your account so you can give it Sunday morning. And something in me was telling me, five. <laughs> I was saying, Maybe I won't need the 75. Maybe I'll just be five. Because <laughs> I got about four other people I believe going to give five to. And I already wrote your name down. And I'm not going to tell you who it is. God's going to talk to you. Hello. And so I said, Christina, she had the phone. I said, 7,500. Are you with me? No. You're freaking me out. She's with me. She's with me. said, 7,500. Okay. Hallelujah. God put that in my spirit. Not 575. Now, this happened before 
Mark Sharona started preaching about the dance of the meadow. And as he was preaching, he had a word from God because they were in, in a, a raising money, help uh, bring money into a particular ministry. And he had a word that there was going to be 7,000 that would give 700 and put $70 tied down on that until the other came in. Are you here? And he preached about the 7,000 who would not bow their knee to Baal. And so after he got through preaching, I went off to bed, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, the reason why I told you 7,500 is because I wanted you to give 7,000 plus 5. And I said, 7,000 plus 5, why not just 7,000? 7,000 didn't bow the knee. I said, why not 7,000? And he spoke to me. And he said, remember this. He, remember, he said, remember the 7-5 principle in my word? He said, 7 plus 5 is 12. That's divine government. It has to do with fullness of the soul. Seven churches in Revelation. But five songs in the Song of Solomon. Five and seven equals 12. Give God some praise. God told me to tell you that tonight because some of you don't have faith enough to do anything but God told me to tell you this that you're going to have to die that's why this one's so painful because if you're willing to die you're going to come out on the other side and you're going to dance in the meadow God is already doing his part beyond the river. Now it's our time to do what we have to do on the other side. God and us together are going to see it happen. And so I asked the fellow. I said, sir, I said, can I pay this card off any time? He said, sure, no penalty. He don't know I got a $7,500 card with a zero interest on it. And as soon as that $7,500 hits my bank account, I'm calling the other credit card, and they're going to pay it off, and I won't pay any interest on it. There's more than one way to skin a cat, honey. There's more than one way to hit the... But what it all comes down is this. Are you willing to make a sacrifice no matter what it costs you? If it means a long-term costing or a... Yeah, God. I don't know how God's going to... And if he don't, I ain't worried about it. I tell you what's going to make me mad is you don't have faith. You don't have faith. Woo! But I tell you what, I tell you what, when you start seeing this preacher blessed, you're going to know why he's blessed. And I'm going to tell you right now that if you sit around and talk about how I'm blessed I am, I'm going to tell you right now to shut your little mouth. I'm going to tell you right now to shut your mouth because you don't know what is, you don't know why God blesses us because when God tells us to do something, we're willing to lay it on the line. I said we're willing to lay it on the line. I told y'all not long ago, God told us to give up something that we, we enjoyed. To give up something. 
and we tried to do it. We put it in God's hands. We gave it to God. Right? I've got a travel trailer. It's worth about $18,000. I put it into 50 nickel to sell it so I could give a large amount to God's kingdom. Guess what? I didn't sell it. So I said, okay, God, I gave it to you. If you don't want it, you, you can give it back to me if you want to. The whole point is this, is that when you really get hungry to see God's kingdom established in this earth, you'll sell cars, you'll sell houses, you'll sell whatever God tells you to sell. You'll get a credit card out and charge it to your account. And I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you, if I got to do it by myself with my wife, we're going to do it. Because God, we have heard from God. I said we've heard from the Lord God Almighty. And some of you are walking around defeated. Because you're trusting in your old sowing. And an old, you think you're going to live on that old blessing for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. Look at your neighbor and say, when I, when I bring a sacrifice to God, and God blesses my life, you better just shut your mouth when you think about talking about me. Because I paid the price. Give God some praise in this house. Do you understand what the Lord God has done for this church? Just look around, would you, and see what the Lord has done. Look at your neighbor and say, he's already ordered everything. Now look at him and, look at him and say, I think he's a little crazy. Now look at him again and say, are you? If you ever get to a place in your life where you're just trying to play it safe, they might as well and take, take you, open up your coffin, put you inside of it, and throw you in the ground. Because if you ever get to a place in your life where you're just trying to play it safe, keep it safe, you know what I'm saying? Then you have stopped living. I love a challenge. I love taking risks. I love to see God step in and do awesome things. <laughs> I've seen him do it. I've ever, there hasn't ever been a time... I'm telling you, friend, I've never seen God come short. I've never seen him not do it. I'm telling you, I'm boasting my God right now. Never has God not come through for me and my family or this church. Never. So don't think that I called this because I've got, you know, got it waiting around. Hallelujah, just to throw down. I'm having to dig. So I went to bed trembling a little bit about that decision. It started working on my mind a little bit, you know. I said, What's this? why am I feeling like this? He said, that's the way you feel when you're dying. 
Hello? Oh, don't let me say that. Okay, I will. You know what? Some of you have a problem with finances. Your credit's so bad you couldn't do that if you wanted to. So you're really, you're really going to have to say, okay, God, the king from beyond the river. Man, I've messed up my finances. I've messed up my credit. I've screwed everything up. I'm not responsible. I'm irresponsible. If I'm going to be able to give anything, God, you're going to have to supply it. Watch this. Are you still awake? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm having fun. This is fun. This is fun. This is fun. I love it. I love it. Look, you never say, I love it. I love it. Love it. God didn't ask for a hundred dollars. I love it. Woo! I love it. He's awesome. I said he's awesome. Well, this message, all this is trying to increase your faith. Because all since this came up, the devil's been putting a finger in your face. Not yours, but I'm just saying the church's faith. You ain't doing nothing. You, you, you're so poor. You, you. And you come to church, you're sucking your thumb, you're all down in the press, you know, because God asked you to do something. Yeah, I'm just like I am. I don't, I don't, I'm not wearing, I don't wear no mask. I just lay it out just like it is, man. <clears throat> if you're, if you're, if you're ever going to be a preacher, you need to learn from me tonight. Because I, I you know what, I'm not going to say to you what I really feel in my spirit. But if you're ever going to be a preacher, you're going to have to give in to God. Give God some praise in this house. And what I'm talking about is only good if you'll die. But you have to be willing to die. And if you're willing to die, you'll come up out of the ground because Jesus will not leave your sacrifice in the ground. It will come up once it falls to the ground and dies. It'll come up in abundance. So we go over here and we're going to see something. The king from the other side or from beyond the river gave to those on the other side what for? Why did he give them what they had? So they could sacrifice. And the Bible said, when they're trying to build the house of God, God spoke to me. I read this chapter today. He said, look, the parallel with the judges and this chapter is this. God gave to them so that they would sacrifice. But they prayed and they inquired of the Lord and they sought God. And the Bible said, from beyond the river, God supplied the need so they could sacrifice. Sacrifice implies trembling. Sacrifice implies death. Sacrifice means pain. Sacrifice, but if you're ever going to get somewhere, you got to be willing to sacrifice. If you're not willing to risk and sacrifice, then we might as well dig your hole tonight, throw you in it, and throw dirt on top of you. 
Now, judges. Boy, I, I still feel that spirit. I still feel it. Hallelujah. I still feel it. God, help me. Mm, yeah. Woo. If the four people that, the, that uh, I've been thinking about do what the Lord tells them to do, the rest of you can glide. You can glide. Mm. Woo! Don't start acting like it that tonight. I'll take it up tonight. I'll take your keys up. We'll take an offering up tonight and take your keys up to your car. We can go get the title later. Oh, I got an anointing on me. We're, we have an unction from the Holy One. I said, we have an unction from the Holy One. I guarantee you, if God tells me, I'll take up your keys as an offering, and you give me the title later. I <laughs> just never say, he's crazy. Go get the bags, brother. Get the bags. Get the bags ready. Get the bags ready. Just in case. <laughs> Uh, do you need to make arrangements with your spouse to come pick you up? <laughs> and I don't want it if it's, you know, it's uh, upside down, which means you owe more than it's worth. I don't want it. I only want it if it's paid for and got a clear title to it. Hallelujah. Lift your hand. Yeah. One, two, three. No, I'm just kidding. Man. No, give them to me. Give them to me. That must be God. He just... Hmm. It must be God. <laughs> See, God requires of us our best. Bring me Isaac Abraham. But when I ask you to bring me Isaac, it's only because I'm willing to give my best, my son, and he will die for you in your place. I don't ask you to do something that I would not first do my best. I gave my best, said God. He died for you on a cross. Y'all look at this. We got the carabine here, don't we? You don't think God's sitting in between this tonight? Come up here and stand right there for just a minute. Come up there and stand right there. Lift your hands. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, just as Israel came and presented himself before the Ark of the Covenant now, in the name of Jesus, anoint him. You feel God? Is the Lord there? He's the King of Glory! The King of Glory! The King from beyond the river!
Let me get the judges. Oh, he's awesome. How many of y'all been praying? Uh, let's do that again. If you've been praying, lift your hand. This week, you've been praying. This week of consecration should be a time of increased prayer, not decreased prayer. Have you been praying? God called us to pray. People here designated one day, of one day to fast through the week. How many of y'all been doing that? And we're going to do that. How many of y'all are believing God that he's going to allow you to bring a consecrated offering Sunday morning into his house? Guess what? The intimidator who's been pointing his finger at you. The intimidator, the devil, who's been mocking this church and making fun of this decree is going to... God's going to have the last laugh. It's already been ordered. It's on the way. Now watch, I'm going to show you. I'm going to close. True consecration in the light of counterfeit consecration that we preach Sunday morning. You need that message. God, amen. God doesn't leave anything undone. You know what? I hear this voice. kind of reminds me of Judas Iscariot. No, 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 no. Listen, 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 listen. Don't shut me out yet. Yeah. Whenever the little woman took a year's wages in an alabaster's box, one solid year of income, and brought it and laid it at the feet of the one who would shortly be crucified broke the alabaster box with a year's worth of perfume wages took that and anointed his feet with a year's worth of income a year's worth oh y'all getting don't, that, don't look at your babies now I know I'm preaching good when they start looking at the babies They look at the babies. <clears throat> that means God's talking to them. <laughs> and Judas Iscariot, that disciple so-called in the congregation said, this ought to have been sold and given to the poor. There should be something better done uh, uh, for God's kingdom than putting a sport court in and, and doing a parking lot. Uh, you Judas Iscariot spirit. It's not about what, what it, where it's going to. It's that you are a Judas Iscariot. It's not that you're concerned about the ministry. It's not that you're concerned about the kingdom of God. It's because you keep your bag. 
You keep your back. And can I tell you something about him? Whenever, listen to me, he kept the bag. He was the treasurer in the, are you with me, finance committee. He didn't care about the kingdom of God. He was a thief. He stole from the kingdom of God. What he did was he reached into the bag and took it out for himself. Now, what? listen to me very carefully. The bag that it's talking about is a bag that holds musical instruments. And so watch this. What he did was he took one musical instrument out that was supposed to be given to praise God with. He took it out, threw it aside, dropped money in. He took out another pipe, threw it aside, dropped money in. Are you with me? He kept the bag. He, he, oh, he substituted praise. He substituted his worship and, and robbed God and put it in the same bag that praise should be coming out of and worship should be coming out of. He took that which was an instrument of praise and worship and in the place of that he put money that didn't belong to him and when that woman offered a year's wages to the Lord Judah says we should have sold that and give it to the poor so he didn't care nothing about the kingdom he was the thief give God praise <laughs> I wonder. Watch, how many of y'all want to be victorious? <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. I hear that. I hear a lot of things. Go to Judges 20. Are y'all with me? What would you have done if God would have asked us for a year's wages? Had cardiac arrest? Had a heart attack? What? What? But pastor, I got plans. <laughs> God knows it. I got plans. Why did everybody stay here tonight? Some of you don't even need to be here tonight. I gave you an out a while ago. I told you to get out some of you you just wanted to hang around and see what you know you you know what you just curious you just curious look at your babies now if you don't have one go find one <clears throat> can I borrow your baby right now he's getting he's putting me in the conviction can I borrow your baby can I borrow your baby <laughs> oh Look at your neighbor and say, wake me up when he gets through with this part. <laughs> I'm asking you, let me ask you again. What if God came to us tonight and says, I want you to give me a year's wages? Lord, don't let him. Don't let him. Lord, 
get the holy water out. <laughs> Sprinkle the pastor. Consecrating God, God. <laughs> it's ridiculous to be intimidated to lack of faith it's unbelief <laughs> you're looking at an insane man Because if you don't do it, I am. And then shut your mouth about the blessings of the preacher. Just be nice. <laughs> Let's go to Judges. I'm trying to get there. Y'all want me to get there, don't you? No? You liking y'all liking this all right? <laughs> some of y'all sitting there saying, I've thrown so many Hail Marys tonight, I don't know have any more Hail Marys left. <laughs> I don't have any more Hail Marys. <laughs> go go to somebody and ask them if they got some. You got any more Hail Marys left? <laughs> okay. Let's never say okay. <laughs> Look at him. Let's never say now nah, he's drunk. He's drunk on God. What's your problem? When you get tempted to go to the bar because you got so many problems and troubles and all of this stuff coming against you, you don't think so. You go to the bar and get drunk, and you want to criticize me for being drunk on the Holy Ghost tonight? And you're doing a little of this. Some of you had a two, three hundred dollar habit a day. <laughs> and you call me crazy? You're looking at a man who's been set free from bondage. You're looking at a man that God found me on the streets. You're looking at a man that all I lived for was to party one more day. My whole life was had a party. I'd be dead if Jesus didn't find me 22 years ago. You know when he started talking to me? I'll tell you when he started talking to me 22 years ago when I was high on pot. And you don't want me to get excited about this awesome Jesus and you want us and you want to get conservative. You want to get conservative when he sets you free from bondage 
and kept you out of hell? You want to get conservative? Listen, if somebody wanted to lay a whole year's wages down before his death, how much more should we be willing to lay down after his death? And I'm not preaching this for your money. I don't care about that. I'm trying to talk to you people of God so you can be the people of God. I've seen my God do things, friend. One thing comes to my mind right now. You don't want to take the Word of God lightly. There was a young man came to church one night in a church that I was in. The Holy Ghost was moving powerfully in that service. And I walked up to that young man, and a bunch of hoodlums, a gang came, a gang came through the back door of the church. And I saw him walk through the door. And I said to this young man that was in the youth group, or at that time he was a little older than that, but I told him, I said, you don't go with him. You better stay in church. Sister Valerie, I want you over here. Oh, you feed him. Never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> I told Sister Valerie, I want her over here. She's over here feeding her baby. What do you want me to do, Pastor? Just... I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm radical, you know. Anyway, I said, you don't go with them. You better stay in the house of God. That young man walked out with those, with those gang members. And after he did that, he was never to be seen again. They found his body in a field. And as far as I know, to this day, they're not sure even if that was him. See, so many of us take the Word of God too lightly. We sit around and we measure it. Is this God? Is this man? And that's all right to try the Spirit. But I'm here to tell you right now, I know when I hear from God. And I know when I've heard from God. And I'm telling you tonight, tonight's one of them nights we've heard from God. And it's not time to get conservative. God is real. He's alive. He still talks today. He still speaks today. He still warns today. If you receive this word tonight as a prophetic word, to you it is a prophetic word. If you receive this word tonight as a word of man, it is a word of man to you tonight. When he walked out that night, he received that word as just the word of a man. But he found out it was a word from God. I had somebody call me just the other day on the telephone. They're going through a divorce right now. Before this person got married, before I was pastoring, 
I told this person, don't marry that person. She called me on the phone. She said, Pastor Jerry, she said, you told me not to marry that person. I married that person and now we're getting a divorce. She said, my children, when you told me that, they were just little. And they tell me now that we're in this divorce process. I pray it doesn't happen. I pray they stay together. But she said, now that we're in the divorce process, my children who are now grown, tell me, Pastor Jerry, Brother Jerry told you not to marry him a long time ago. And so now she's reminded of the word of the Lord. At that time, she thought it was a word of a man. But now she's finding out that it wasn't just a man talking to her. It was God talking to her. Tonight, if this word to you is prophetic, then to you it is prophetic. If it's just a man talking to you, then to you it's just a man talking to you. I'm telling you something right now. God is launching this church in a dimension. If we'll just obey him, he's going to take us in a dimension. I'm telling you right now, here, can I tell you something pretty awesome? And I don't know where they are tonight. Who knows? My little sister walked up to me, and she walked back there. We had an awesome move of God a couple of Sunday nights ago when Brother Daniel preached. She walked back there to me, and somebody you would never expect to prophesy walked up to me and she started prophesying to me and she said pastor this is confirmed from God to me and I know I wrestled to see if it was God she said God is fixing to take this church into a very very high place she said this she said pastor I believe that God showed me there's going to be a 2,000 soul church here Are you hearing me tonight? And it didn't come from somebody you would think it would come from. She just crying and crying and crying. God is able. Will it be 2,000? God knows. What we're responsible for is to be faithful when he speaks to us. When he tells us to do something, do it. God's good. Sunday night when Brother Mahaney preaches. I don't know what he's going to preach. But I guarantee you it's going to be from God. And I guarantee you when he gets through, you're going to know that it was from God and that this work is of God. Give God some praise. God doesn't leave himself without a witness. And yes, it's a battle. Judges 20. The Benjamites defeat the Israelites in these chapters in battle. I said the Benjamites defeat the Israelites. 400,000 Israelites go against a real small group of Benjamites. And the small group of Benjamites 
defeat the large group of Israelites twice. Numbers is not what it's about. It's about the power and the anointing of God Almighty. Israel went down twice, defeated, doing God's will. I said defeated, doing God's will. See, if you don't think you can be defeated doing God's will, you need to read your Bible. Because God can speak a word and you still be defeated because you don't meet the requirements that bring the word to pass on this side. It's not because God hasn't spoken. It's because we haven't aligned us ourselves with that properly. And so a lot of times we go around and say, false prophet, false prophet, false prophet. No, no, no. They heard. It was God. The problem was with his people. Now watch what happens. 400,000 against a small group of Benjamites fall two times and they're fighting in the will of God. Watch what happens. What makes the difference here? Yes. Watch this. Verse 25, chapter 20. Are y'all there? I'm going to let you go pretty soon. I know y'all are getting tired. <laughs> Brothers, it don't care if I use this mic. Ain't that a cool mic? You, you, you think they'd believe it was thus said God if I use this? Man, get on my what? You put my boots on. <laughs> What's this? Okay, here you go. Ready? Verse 23, the children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord. Why are they weeping? Until evening. Now watch. Because they had been defeated in battle. You with me? Children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until evening and asked counsel of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up again to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother? And the Lord said, Go up against him. Can I tell you something? It wasn't because they loved their brother so much. <laughs> They'd been whooped twice. So when we read it, we think this is real sanctimonious, you know, care for their brother. At this time, they don't care. They're just concerned they've been whipped twice. Should I go against my brother? Should I go and fight again? I already went twice and I already failed. I already defeated twice. Watch what happens. Here we go. You ready? Yes. And so God says, go up against him. Verse 24, and the children of Israel came near against the children of Benjamin the second day. And Benjamin went forth against them out of Gibeah the second day and destroyed down to the ground of the children of Israel. Again, 18,000 men, all these drew the sword. God told them to go fight Benjamin. And when they went to fight Benjamin, Benjamin whooped him. Whooped him in the will of God. Did you hear what I'm saying? This is fresh revelation from the Holy Ghost. He said, I told them to go do it, and when they went and did it, they got whipped when they, were to when they did what they were told to do. Did you hear that? God told
told them to do it. And when they did what God told them to do, they got whooped. And so, you know, most of us say, well, that must have been God. You don't understand God. He's the king beyond the river that speaks and supplies provision for his vision. The problem is the people of God don't align themselves properly when they go and do what God tells them to do. They don't do it the right way. That's the problem. That's why, watch, what we're doing is so important. Here we go. Verse 26, then all the children of Israel and all the people went up and came out of the house of God and wept and sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until even. They fasted this one day and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord and the children of Israel inquired of the Lord for the ark of the covenant of God was there in those days so now what they do they've already got a word from God but they got beat up when they did what he told them to do but now they recognize that they need to do something so what they do is three things pray fast and sacrifice And that's what God's called us to do in a true consecration. Pray, fast, and sacrifice. You got to burn some stuff up. You got to burn some offerings to me. They have to be consumed. You have to sacrifice something to me. I am a great king. And the children of Israel cried out for the ark of the covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days, saying, Shall I yet again go out to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother? Or shall I cease? And the Lord said, Go up, for tomorrow I will deliver them into thine hand. And Israel, now what's going to make the difference? He told them to go up and they got whipped. He's trying to teach them something. Now they prayed, fasted, and sacrificed. He says, Go up and I will deliver. What is the difference? The difference is they did something awesome that got God's attention. And what they did that got God's attention was prayer, fasting, and sacrifice. If you're defeated and you're not walking in victory, then you've got to pray, fast, and sacrifice. And that's, yes, you've heard from God. Yes, you have heard from God. The problem is... You got to bring something before this awesome king. It's not cheap. Victory is not cheap. And so, verse 29. And Israel set liars and wait around about Gibeon. And the children of Israel went up against the children of Benjamin on the third day. that's one I know this is God because we are in the third day of God's operation in the earth 
This is 2004. We've already begun the third day. So what I'm preaching you at a judges is a now message for this hour. And in the third day, God's trying to show you something very powerful. You heard from me at times past, and you did what I told you to do, and you still got whooped. He said, but what's going to make the difference in the third day is prayer, fasting, and sacrifice. And so on the third day... After praying and fasting and sacrificing unto God. The Bible said this. Put themselves in array against Gibeah as at other times. And the children of Benjamin went out against the people. I ask you a question tonight as I close. How many times is God going to have to come to us for prayer, fasting, and sacrifice? until we see his word fulfilled. I pray that Sunday morning is it. Are you hearing me? Because the Bible said that when Israel gathered here in this battle, the Bible said they were in unity and came as one man. It was a man-child operation in the third day that you see wrought happen. And you are the man-child right now. You are the church who's praying and fasting. But there's one thing left to be done, and that's to bring an awesome sacrificial offering unto the Lord your God. And when you do God in the third day, it's going to bring you victory and deliverance. He will deliver you enemies into your heads that's why because I know I've heard from God if I got to do it by myself and I'm not going to have to but if I got to do it by myself because I know I've heard from God so be it because I'm going to see a third day manifestation of God. I'm going to see a third day. Oh yeah, come on somebody. I'm going to see a kingdom move of God. I'm going to see the king from beyond the river bring a provision to us on the other side. And the enemy's going to shut their mouth. The enemy's going to have to close their mouth. Went out against the people. And were drawn away from the city. Are you here? And they began to smite the people and kill. As at other times in the highways, of which one goeth up to the house of God. And the other to Gibeah in the field, about 30 men of Israel. And the children of Benjamin said, They are smitten down before us as at the first. But the children of Israel said, Let us flee and draw them away from the church. Correct me. Let us draw them away from the what? The city is what it says in the text. But cities in the Old Testament are types of the church. The children of Israel said, Let us flee and draw them away from the city unto the highways. And all the men of Israel rose up out of their place. Say so they got out of their place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got out of their place. In Ezra, it talked about that when the gold and the silver vessels were brought back, they were to be put in their place. Everybody to their place. Everybody into their place. Everybody get in your position. Get in rank. Get in rank. Get in rank. Get in rank. It's a battle. It's a fight. It's life and death. It's struggle. The Bible said the men of Israel rose out of their place and put themselves in array at Baal Tamar. 
And the liars and weight of Israel came forth out of their places, even out of the meadows of Gibeah. And there came against Gibeah 10,000 chosen men out of all Israel. And the battle was sore. Man, it was red hot. Blood everywhere. Limbs everywhere. It was rough. It was hard. It was hot. But they knew not that evil was near them. And the Lord smote Benjamin before Israel. And the children of Israel destroyed the Benjamites that day. Twenty and five thousand and a hundred men. All these drew the sword. So the children of Israel saw that they were smitten. For the men of Israel gave place to the Benjamites because they trusted unto the liars in wait which they had set beside Gibeah. The whole point is this, that what made the difference was simply this, prayer, fasting, and sacrifice. In the days of Ezra and the building of the temple, the king beyond the river said, I'm going to give them supply so that they can sacrifice. And the Bible said those people sought God, inquired God, and they sacrificed, made offerings to God, and God's house was built. So I'm telling you tonight, if you believe this to be the word of the Lord, I tell you what you do. If you don't have anything to give, go find somebody you can borrow some from so you can give. I didn't say go charge your credit card. That's your crazy pastor. I'm just telling you, you better hear the word of God. You, first pray, fast on those four things. Charles Mahay is going to be with us. Pray and fast about this sacrificial offering. $20,000 Sunday morning. Pray for that lot to be sold over there on the corner. So we can send 25,000 to missions. Four things. Hello, somebody. My God is an awesome God. Woo! Christina, we better pray like we've never prayed. I put it on the line tonight. I don't care. I'm not a bit worried about it. Because I, 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 can, I can see myself going... see myself going pew, pew, pew. I know some of you think now pastor that could be sent to missions <laughs> shut up Judas you think you're so smart you think you're so spiritual <laughs> if you're worried about that let me I'll, I'll fix the problem right now I'll, I'll give you the solution right now Bring 10,000 for the sport court, and then you bring 10,000 more for missions. <laughs> so that'll take care of your little cookie. Anybody have some keys? You're, you're contributing tonight? We can get the title Saturday. Tomorrow.
Pablo, Cristo, Espíritu Santo. Bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> How many good Catholics I got out there tonight? Good Catholics I got out there tonight. Good Catholics built the Vatican. <laughs> Used to be? Used to be? Well, I just blessed you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Isn't God awesome? Now, all you people who walked in here, you all, the devil intimidating, pointing finger at you, you all down, you're depressed, you think that the pastor's just, you know, it's just a man thing, yeah, all that stuff. I pray now, since you've heard the Word of God, that you've got your mind changed. And I'm praying for four of you specifically. <laughs> Don't get me to look at you. If I could, you know what my wife told me? And I'm, I'm finishing, but she said, you know what? When you're driving down the road and there's an officer sitting there with his little gun out trying to check, catch you, she said, Don't look at him. Because if you look at him, he will pull you over if you make eye contact with him. So don't make eye contact with me right now. We will pull you over. <laughs> Just go get your babies out. Don't look at me in the eye, man. <laughs> I'm going to pray and you're going to be dismissed. And you're going to walk out here and say, praise God, he didn't get my keys. Hallelujah. Who has a house? Who has a house? Anybody? <laughs> I can hear him now walk out of this church and say, the pastor demanded we give our cars to him. He de they demanded that we give our houses to him. I can hear it now. I can hear it. They're going to put it in the newspaper. Yeah. Hello, somebody. Now, having said all of that, be sure it's the Lord. Whatever he tells you to do, be sure it's the Lord, okay? Because if it's, you know, if you, get, if you do something and you get yourself into a problem, it can destroy you. Because you think that you heard from God and you acted in faith and you got yourself into a problem. And now you got yourself in a problem and you're saying, okay, God. I thought that was you. And I hadn't seen my blessing yet. 
you might have sowed for somebody else to be blessed. Because whenever you, when you make a sacrifice, somebody is going to get blessed. It might not be you. It might be your children. You hearing what I'm saying? Woo! Woo! Look, what time is it? Would you believe it's 9, 12? And I'm fixing to let you go home? That's a miracle in and of itself. Isn't it, Brother Mark? Is that a miracle? Okay, we're, we're going to sleep again. <laughs> I am so tempted. You don't know how bad I'm so tempted. Will you dry? Will you dry? Will you dry? <laughs> I'm so tempted. Oh! You've been causing me pain for so long. I'm just so tempted. No, I love y'all. Y'all are, y'all are awesome. This is an awesome church. It's an awesome church. How many of y'all believe that you're an awesome church? Okay, I'll do that. Some of you ladies, little sisters in here have husbands that are backslidden, don't even go to church. You need to get bold. Say, honey, oh boy. Now I hear them talking right now. They're fixing to cross the line. Don't go in there and tell your husband what to do. You just go, you pray about it, you seek God. Say, husband, I've been going to that church for X amount of years. And you haven't been allowing me to give me anything in the kingdom of God. And I want to bring a consecrated sacrificial gift to my Jesus. He laid down his life for me. I'm in his church. And I want to be a part of what he's doing right now. Just go talk to him like that. Sweet. Hallelujah. Kiss on him. Hug him. Bless him in the night. <laughs> and he might say whatever you want honey whatever you want whatever you want <laughs> he might throw the checkbook at you here it's yours go <laughs> hallelujah instead of coming in here like some little whip little puppy because you don't think you're going to get to participate And you look at your pastor with that certain look. Like, I'm leaving you out. I'm not. Believe God. Who knows? Your little husband, if you do that, your little husband might walk in the house of God with you Sunday morning. Now, some, oh. I wish I could stop preaching, but some of y'all, you have a problem even bringing your tithes, much less believing God for (laughs) $10,000. No. No. 
I'm talking about 10,000 a person. Suffolk and Bishop Sanchez. When we went to that men's conference, I'm not going to keep you long, but went to that men's conference and they do it right there in the, you know, Bishop Wagner and all of them. They do it right, you know. And the men that are under him in ministry, they're, when they get certain rank, they're called Suffolk Bishop. And then you have Bishop. Underneath the Bishop, you got Suffolk Bishop. And so today I call him Suffolk Bishop. And then my tongue got all messed up, and I call him Sussican Bishop. <laughs> uh, Sussican Sanchez. <laughs> I don't know what that is. So I hope it's wholesome. <laughs> and then he said, it sounds painful. And I said, I believe there is some pain involved with being a Sussican Bishop. <laughs> I love y'all. Be blessed. Let me pray for you, okay? Jesus, bless this awesome people tonight. And help them to understand... That this is an invitation, not pressure from a man, but an invitation from the king beyond to those on the other side to believe. Lord, we've already seen your hand operating and moving things into place. For this church answering the prayers of the righteous you're not there just somewhere way off somewhere not caring unconcerned you're right here in the midst of us we give you praise and glory and honor In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Let me share one quick thing for you. You will see at times, you'll see certain preachers on television. If you watch television, you'll see certain preachers on television. And they, they, they're blessed. And all you see is their blessing. And you hear about someone flying in a plane. You go, <gasps> I can't believe they fly in a plane. They must be false. There's two men of God that fly in planes, have their own planes. Now watch this. Listen to me. We are so quick to judge. I am. And you said, oh, oh. until you hear that they gave somebody else a plane before they got a plane. Or they gave somebody else a Rolls Royce. I'm not preaching a prosperity message other than the Bible. I'm just showing you something. They sacrificed is my point. They gave a BMW away before they ever drove one. They gave a house away before they ever got one. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm just trying to show you something. Instead of you sucking your thumb all the time about what you don't have and about how everybody's so blessed and how you're not. 
God is no respecter of persons. And maybe we just haven't been willing to pay the price to get where they are. That would, blow, that would blow some of our mind if God walked up to us and told us, I want you to give that brand new vehicle away. But, past, but, but Lord, I'm still making payments on it. That's right. You give the vehicle away and you keep making the payments. <gasps> Can't be God. It's got to be the devil. I'm trying to talk to us. We think too small. And that's the struggle. That's the battle. That's the war. Hello? Are you out there? Are y'all up here? Yeah, up here, Brother Mark. You up here? Suffocating? <laughs> I'm so drunk. This is... time is it it's still okay I can't let you out before 930 you'll have a heart attack can you see yourself <laughs> Bible Center Fellowship 500 Elliott Avenue in Odessa Texas having their own gymnasium with their sport court on there can you see can you see yourself having that something like that can can you see yourself having something like that we're not talking about some little stuff man we talk about some big time stuff It's not just for the boys. Not just for the boys, sister. Yeah, right? And they'll come in here and play, right? That's what you're talking about. But you know what? The girls can too. And, you know, I hear, I hear the old people. I don't have no old people in here, but I hear some old people say, Well, Pastor, what good is that going to do me? Well, don't you think you're going to have fun going up there and sitting in that balcony? Up there, we got over there, or over there, this balcony over here, you know, and look down. You're drinking your Cokes and eating popcorn and talking about the good old days. <laughs> While we're down there playing basketball, you know. Volleyball. Rollerblading, hallelujah. Man, I can see it. What a time we're going to have. Do you understand what God is about to do for us? Do you understand how awesome this is? Do you know there's churches that have 20, 30,000 people don't have nothing like that? What? Purim? What's that? Oh, <laughs> Jewish feast, I know. See, she's all in this, she's Jewish. Just forgive her, she's Jewish. She's Jewish. 
She's Jewish. I know she's Jewish. <laughs> Praise God. Isn't God awesome? Okay. Now all you got to do is pray fast and sacrifice. Because God has already done it from His side. He's already done it. Already. I'm just like you walking around saying, How are you going? How, God? The other side? How? Beyond the river? How? And He, before I. Before the day's over, he's already done it. Woo! Praise God! And by the way, we can, we can have a, a tournament with the, with the old folks, too. You could put him in the water. That, that sounds like a challenge to me. You, oh. You're, she's talking about dunking people. We're not dunking people in the gym. <laughs> you're going to dunk the basketball. I know what you're going to do. You're going to get one of those big old round trampoline things, aren't you, Sister Philippa? And you're going to run. And you're going to hit that thing. Take that ball and go. Watch out, here comes Granny. Boom. Does a flip. Yeah, I, I told y'all, some of y'all should have went home. Why did you stay? Because you're curious. Good night, love you. Young people, when you go over there to that rally, you worship God. You let God move in you. Bless those people in Jesus' name. Love y'all in the name of the Lord. Amen. You are dismissed.